going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video we're going to be going in depth into my week number 6 running back start or sit decisions. We're going to be going in depth through every single matchup on the week from Thursday night football until Monday night football and I'll be telling you guys whether I believe you should start or sit the running backs in all of those games. But before we can get into things I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below and while you're down there whether you are new to the channel or not please make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you want to check out my weekly rankings as well as get an answer to any of the questions you guys may have, make sure to check out the Patreon link in the video description for $7.50 a month. So without further ado, let's get into my week number six running back start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with a riveting Thursday night football matchup, the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. When it comes to the Chiefs running backs, they are going to likely utilize all three running backs in this game. Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But Isaiah Pacheco has found great success, as Borat would say, as of recently. Three straight games as a top 13 back in PPR, scoring a touchdown in each of those last three games. And most of all, this is a wet dream matchup up against the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos defense can't stop the pass, and they most definitely cannot stop the run. We just saw Brees Hall run a train on this defense last week, and I think Isaiah Pacheco could do the exact same thing. He is in the perfect situation, as in he has been running incredibly hot. He is NBA Jam style on fire. So when these players are on fire NBA Jam style, we talk about this every single week, we continue to start them with confidence. And I don't think he's going to cool off this week up against a piss poor Denver Broncos defense. Isaiah Pacheco is a must start running back this week. Now, Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire are going to see a couple of touches in this game, and if the Chiefs end up bending the Broncos over a table, then McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could both score a touchdown in this one, but at the end of the day, my confidence lies with Pacheco. McKinnon will probably see five or fewer touches in a majority of games, so McKinnon as well as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire are going to be sits. Now, the Denver Broncos is a little bit more open, right, because we still are unaware on if Javante Williams is going to end up playing. Now, due to the fact that Javante was limited in practice on Monday yesterday with a quad injury, I highly doubt since this game is on Thursday Night Football that Javante does end up suiting up. Now, if this game was on Sunday or on Monday, then there's a lot better of a chance that we see Javante. But since it's on Thursday, I think we're going to see Jaleel McLaughlin as the starting back on the team. Now, this is not a wet dream matchup. It's not like McLaughlin is going up against his own piece of shit Broncos defense. But McLaughlin has proven that when he is given the opportunity, he can ball back-to-back -back weeks with a touchdown. Samaje P. Ryan, it seems pretty clear to me that P. Ryan has lost his role as the RB2 when Javante is back to McLaughlin. Now, P. Ryan did do well last week in terms of the receiving game, but if I'm being honest with you, we talk about this a bunch, right? A blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. I don't think we are going to be seeing back-to-back -back solid performances out of P. Ryan, but I do think it's possible that Jaleel McLaughlin has a solid game yet again. Next up, we move to London, baby. The Baltimore Ravens at the Lathai now, we saw last week that the Buffalo Bills-Jaguars game was basically rolling off a bean, right? When the game is in London, crazy shit happens. Now, if the game was in the U.S., the Jags obviously could have beaten the Bills. 
but the Bills did not look ready. It looked like when you're ready to hop in the sack, right, and you just can't get it up, right? They were limp dick in that one. They needed a Viagra, and ultimately, the offense didn't really start looking amazing. I mean, I know Josh Allen had a great day, but the offense didn't really start humming until it was already late, uh, too late, right? The Bills already called Uncle. It was over. Then they started doing something. So there should be an interesting spot again in London. You really never know how the games are going to go. Derrick Henry is a start now. He was down bad last week up against the Indianapolis Colts. And it is very clear to me that his snaps get reduced in losing efforts. So if the Ravens are dogging the Tennessee Titans here, then Derrick Henry probably won't have a great day. But I still think you have to start him every single week due to the amount of upside that he has, and especially here in London. On paper, obviously the Ravens are a better team than the Titans. I know the Ravens just lost to the Steelers, but that was a division game, right? The Ravens, on paper, they should beat the dog piss out of the Titans. But, game is in London, and crazy things happen. I'm not sitting Derrick Henry. This week, Tajay Spears looked really good last week as a top 10 back, but the problem is it is very hard to predict the game script weekly for the Titans, and I don't really think he's going to be able to have that great of a game again. For the Ravens, it is very clear that this is running back by committee, a double-headed dragon running back core in Baltimore. Now, Gus Edwards was out-snapped by Justice Hill last week, 39-30. to Like I said, this is clearly a two-headed backfield system that is unstartable against good defenses, and that is exactly what the Tennessee Titans are. I know the Titans' run defense got gashed by Zach Moss last week, but I think that is more out of the ordinary. I think they get right here against Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Justice Hill did find the end zone last week, but with this being a clear committee and the fact that they're facing a tough run defense, you should definitely be sitting down both Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. I'm firing up Derrick Henry, but again, I'm not as confident as I was entering into the season. Now we begin with the real Sunday slate, the Washington Commanders at the Atlanta Falcons. There is no way anyone on the West Coast, unless they're a Titans or Ravens fan, is waking up at 6.30 a.m. to watch the Ravens versus the Titans. So the games that the West Coast will see, starting with the left hands up, who are we, the Commanders at the Atlanta Falcons. Now I know there are always going to be people that get worried when their stud running back has a down game, right? Nick, B. John Robinson played really bad against the Texans last week, right? He 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 played bad. He, he still scored a touchdown, but he didn't run as efficiency as efficiently. And Nick, didn't you see that Algier got more carries than him last week? Aren't you worried? Aren't you scared, Nick? The answer would be no. I'm not worried at all. Was I a little pissed off that I saw Algier get more work than B. John Robinson? 100%. Arthur Smith, you need to figure this shit out. But what I will tell you is if you are going to panic, if you're going to shit your pants over one down game, then you're crazy because Bijan is a must-start running back every single week. I don't give a shit if he's going up against the 85 Bears or the 2023 Atlanta Falcons. I am starting him with confidence. Or if he's going up against the Commanders, I guess, because he's not playing against his own defense until practice. This Commanders run defense reeks to high heaven. I think Khalil Herbert would have probably ended up having quite a good day if he didn't end up getting whacked out Tony Soprano style in that game. So I love the spot for Bijan Robinson to hop back on the saddle like his name was Arthur Morgan. Brian Robinson, the battle of B-Robs here for the Commanders. He's a start as well. Now, he was, you know, I said Bijan had a down game. 
Brian Robinson was down in the fucking gutters, right? Down terrible. He had a great matchup, wet dream matchup against the Bears, and he was bad. I'm not panicking, though. He's still a fine start this week against the Falcons. Obviously, I'm not as confident in Brian Robinson as I am in Bijan, but I definitely would lean with both of them being a start. Antonio Gibson last week pulled a rabbit out of the hat, right? I'll give him some credit. He did look effective catching passes last week, four receptions for 64 yards, but that was more targets than he has seen really all season and more than I expect him to get on a week-to-week basis. I fully expect him to fall back down to earth this week. Back to Tyler Algier. I know he did get more carries than Bijan last week, but he didn't do shit with it. Getting all the carries, but he's not running anywhere near as good as Bijan. So Arthur Smith, give Bijan more carries. He'll figure it out, though. At least I think so, right? I don't think Algier is going to be star-worthy, even in a good matchup against the Commanders. Next up, we move to the cold like Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Alexander Madison, solid showing again last week up against the Chiefs. Now, he did only see eight carries in that game, but in my opinion, that is due to game script, right? Because they were in a losing effort against the Chiefs, right? They weren't up big at really any point. And we all know that the Bears defense is dick cheese against the run. So it would be truly shocking if they didn't give Alexander Madison a lot of carries here. Plus, this team's going to be without Justin Jefferson 99.99% chance. And they definitely are going to have to rely more on the run if that is the case. Now, Cam Akers gets traded there. Has yet to seen more than five carries yet as a Vikings running back. Pretty clear Madison's the guy. So I'm starting Madison and I'm sitting Akers. Now the Bears is a little bit of a gloomy situation. Roshan Johnson right now on Tuesday is still in the concussion protocol. Which is something that we have to monitor all week. If he plays, in my opinion, he should be the lead back in a solid matchup up against the Minnesota Vikings defense. Now, I know there's a lot of people that are getting all hot and bothered by Donta Foreman, right? Thinking about the upside. I know. I don't think Foreman is some dustpan. But let's be honest with you. There has to be a reason why the Bears have been healthy scratching Donta Foreman for the last four games straight. The only fucking game he suited up in is week one. But let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. Why would they be doing that? They're not doing that because they think Donta Foreman's going to become the starter if Khalil Herbert goes down, right? So if Roshan's good to go, clears the concussion protocol, then I'm definitely rolling with Roshan over Donta Foreman. Next up, we move to the Seattle Seahawks at the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals? Are they back? Now I know. Nick, they only beat the Arizona Cardinals, right? I know. I'm not here to overreact here. I'm not here to do the fucking do si on the grave of the Cardinals. We all know the Cardinals' defense isn't that great. But that offense... That offense is very gorgeous to me, all right? I think that the offense is still pretty good. The Bengals are back. Jamar Chase, this was a massacre. This was a brutal, a brutalization of the Cardinals defense by Jamar Chase. The man went fucking nuclear. Joe Mixon didn't necessarily go silent in that game. He, to me, looked okay. 
couldn't get in the end zone. I played him a lot in DFS this week, and I was very disappointed because there was a bunch of opportunities for him to score, and he just couldn't do it. The offensive line wasn't really helping him out, though. That much, if the Bengals have really turned the page on the season, they can keep this up. Mixon should be a top 18-ish running back weekly. We've been talking about this over the last couple of weeks that the offense has really let Mixon down. It's not like Mixon is out there looking like Bo Jackson or something, right? Mixon, his career is now on a downward spiral. Now, he's not flopping like a fish out of water, right? He's not dead yet. Very evident that he still has some juice left, so I'm not saying that Mixon is like some dick cheese NFL running back because he's not, but he's not the same Joe Mixon from a couple years ago, so his upside is limited in that way, but if the Bengals offense keeps humming, if the Bengals offense is able to build upon what they did against the Cardinals, then you're still going to be playing Mixon pretty much every single week. Kenneth Walker, prior to the bye week that they had last week, had three straight top 14 running back performances with one or more touchdowns in all of those three games. He is a must-start running back every single fucking week with a fine matchup this week. Again, I'm not going to sleep drooling thinking about if I have Kenneth Walker on a team like, oh my god, they're playing the Bengals, I'm so excited. But I'm also not going to sleep fucking shaking in my boots, terrified, right? The Bengals, they're going to be just okay. And Kenneth Walker should have a top 12 game here with top 5 upside. Now, Zach Charbonnet was a guy that I was banging the drum for in the offseason, right? We saw last year that Kenneth Walker really came on there once Penny got hurt. And I was like, you know what? Maybe Charbonnet, who was drafted in the second round of this year's NFL draft, maybe he could compete with Kenneth Walker, who was drafted in the second round of last year's draft. That doesn't appear to be the case. Now, we're still going to see Charbonnet every once in a while. Maybe one of these days, Charbonnet sneaks his way on into the end zone and scores a touchdown, and if you're the Kenneth Walker owner, you're fucking pulling your hair out. But at the end of the day, with how well Walker has played, it would appear that Zach Charbonnet's season only happens if there's an injury. Again, knock on wood, we're not rooting for injuries here. I'm just calling a spade a spade. I'm just being honest here. Uh, Travion Williams, backup running back for the Bengals, sees like three touches on a good day. So uh, you're definitely going to be setting him. If you guys have enjoyed the video thus far, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below. Next up, we move to game number six, the San Francisco 49ers at the Cleveland Browns. Now I know Christian McCaffrey had a bad game or his standards last week, right? Oh my God, McCaffrey shit the bed. He was only the running back. He was only just barely a top 12 running back, right? He had a bad game for his standards, right? Zach Charbonnet would fucking murder someone to have a game like Christian McCaffrey had last week. So it was subpar for what you expect out of McCaffrey. But at the end of the day, it's not like McCaffrey sunk your metaphorical battleship. He sunk your team if you played him. He still scored a touchdown and has scored at least one touchdown in each game of the season. And I'm pretty sure he's on a streak dating back multiple weeks into last season. And yet, it's not like the Browns are some pushover defense, right? It's not like Browns are some cakewalk. But how good the 49ers are, you're not fucking thinking about sitting, sitting McCaffrey. And you're definitely, even if the matchup's tough, I'm not ranking McCaffrey much lower than a top three running back. He could easily be, even against the Browns, the running back one on the week. Elijah Mitchell might play. He might not play. If he misses again, then Jordan Mason, the numbers Mason, what do they mean, will be the backup running back on the team. Now, we saw Mason snuck his way into the end zone last week. Very unlikely, though, that the 49ers are laying enough pipe for that ass like they're a plumber to where, like they did against Dallas to where, like, 
49ers just bench everyone, right? And all the backups come into the game. Jerome Ford for the Browns has played hot in all three games in which he was given the opportunities to carry the load. Pause. Coming out of the bye against the 49ers, this is a real tough matchup, right? You saw Dak Prescott get locked up. Don't let me out. And I say this all the time. Having a, being fat is fine, right? I understand I'm not the skinniest guy out there, right? If I fucking sit the wrong way, I've got two chins, right? I get I'm not the skinniest guy out there. Okay, if you want to be fat or, or a bigger guy. But when you're getting the dog shit beat out of you, and they pivot to the sideline, and you see Mike McCarthy sitting over there looking like the fucking wrecking ball Miley Cyrus wrote in that music video. Just his, everything is just oozing out of what he's wearing. And you're losing by a gazillion. You just look, it's like you just look incompetent. He just does. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. He looks like the fucking Kool-Aid man out there. It's unbelievable. He's not looking at the play sheet. He's looking at the fucking menu to Golden Corral that he's going to go to after the game, right? It's a disaster. Disaster. They need to fire Mike McCarthy. Again, the 49ers defense, to get back to what we're really talking about here, is legit. So Ford is start-worthy, but just barely, right? Just barely. Again, could he get it done against the Niners? It wouldn't shock me because he's been pulling a rabbit out the hat every single week. But definitely against the Niners defense, a lot more subpar. Kareem Hunt doesn't seem very involved in the game plan. That could definitely change, though, since they are coming out of the bye. But I need to see it before I believe it. Next up, we move to the Carolina Panthers at my Miami Dolphins. But before we break this game down, as well as the rest of the games all the way until Monday Night Football, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and they have a great offer for you guys today that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds. If you are new to NFL Pick'em on Underdog, I will explain it to you guys. It is incredibly simple. All you got to do is pick at least two pieces here for your Pick'em slip. We have Russell Wilson higher than half of an interception on Thursday Night Football up against the Chiefs. I think he's going to throw a pick in this one. And then for our other pick, we are going to go with Isaiah Pacheco higher than half a rushing or receiving touchdown. If both of these picks hit, we'll get three times our entry fee. If you do three picks and they all hit, it'll be six times. Four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. Now, if you guys are new to Underdog Fantasy and click on the link in the video description or use promo code Notorious, you must live in one of these states on your screen right now. You will get a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit $100, they give an additional $100, $50, an additional $50, $25, an additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. And if you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things, Panthers at Dolphins. So we'll start off with the Panthers here. Very obvious, very clear, crystal clear. Sanders, Hubbard, set him down. Pretty clear that Sanders, and I've said clear like 14 times in a row, is playing through the groin injury. He has been abysmally bad while doing so. Now, maybe he's more healthy this week than he was last week than he was the week prior. And again, I get this is a red panty night. For anyone when you're going against the Dolphins defense, right? The Dolphins defense sucks donkey cock. But I don't think the Panthers are going to be able to expose that. I think Vic Fangio is going to go nuclear on that Panthers ass. I think Bryce Young's getting laid out a couple times this game. Knock on wood. I'm not saying about getting him hurt or something. I'm just saying he's going to get hit a bunch just like Daniel Jones did last week. I, I don't even, again, the Dolphins run defense is terrible. It's so bad against the run. Sanders hasn't shown me anything when he's banged up that he has enough juice 
to be able to take advantage of that. And Bryce Young doesn't look great. Again, I've said this in a bunch of videos. If you're like a Panthers fan, shout out to Ron, one of my mods. You know, I'm not spazzing out. Right? I'm not like, oh my God, look at Anthony Richardson. Look at CJ Stroud. We picked the wrong guy. Fuck, fuck, fuck this, that, and the other thing. Right? I'm not getting all pissed off, not being able to sleep at night because of it. Right? It is what it is. It's been five weeks. Don't panic on that. But again, based upon what I've seen now, this Panthers offense, you're not starting Miles Sanders. Chuba's looked better than Sanders recently, and I think even when Sanders is fully healthy, Chuba's kind of carved out enough of a role to get some touches. But even if Hubbard's get more snaps, I just can't start a Panthers running back in this game. Raheem, the dream, Mostert of the Miami Dolphins is a start. Now, I know up against the Buffalo Bills, he shit the bed, fumbled riddled game as a Dolphins fan. I was cursing him out on the screen. Obviously, it is... Um, as a fan, look, I get really pissed off when I watch the Dolphins games. I've been a Dolphins fan my whole entire life. We have never won a playoff game. It's been very sad. I have very high hopes for the team. I root for them, but I give it to you guys straight, right? I'm not over here giving you guys, I'm giving you guys what I actually think is going to happen, not my like fabricated mind telling me like, oh, Mostert's running for 700 yards on Sunday, right? I tell you how it actually is. I'm a big fan of the team. I get pissed off, right? We lose to the Bills. I'm pissed. Mostert sucked in that game. But last week, he took an L, but like Big Sean, he bounced back. Top 12 running back last week. We shall see if Jeff Wilson suits up. Now, the initial report when Jeff Wilson got hurt based upon what Mike McDaniel said, I was like, okay. Jeff Wilson's not coming back till the end of the season, right? McDaniel's like, oh, we're going to try to hold him back from himself. Don't let him re-injure himself. He, he hurt this, he hurt that. He, he was like uh, that operating game where the, the guy's on the operating table and you got to lift everything out. There's like 30 injuries. That's what Jeff Wilson suffered. Now, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. It will certainly throw a wrench into things, but I'm still playing Mostert. Devin, two chains. Devin, a chain. Devin, Jackie Chan, dealing with a knee injury. Based upon what Mike Daniel said in the press conference, it would appear that a chain's going to be fine. But again, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't monitor the injury. Just because I fucking listen to every press conference Mike McDaniel has. And I took it this way. It doesn't mean that's exactly what's going to happen. So it's something to monitor. If he plays, even limited, I'm playing him. This guy needs like four touches. He's going to get 120 yards and a tug up against the sorry-ass Panthers. Next up, we got the Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars, like we talked about earlier, they moseyed on into London Town, or they, I guess they were just staying in London, right? They 2-0 in London, the London Jags. Played good. Played good. ETN, absolutely butt-fucked the Bills. Uh, ETN even tweeted out that he played against himself in fantasy with the laughing emoji, which is hilarious. Like, imagine being in the NFL... And you're playing fantasy football and your fucking friends draft you. That'll never happen to me because I have the skills of baby Gronk playing football. But it is what it is, right? So, again, bent the bills over a table. Over 180 yards all purpose. Two tugs. Should do solid again against the Colts. Must start running back again. I get he hasn't been the most consistent back all season. And I get that the Jaguars as a whole have not lived up to expectations so far this season. But it seems like they kind of... Have started smoother sailing here in London. They're going to get back home to Jacksonville. And hopefully Travis Etienne has another solid game. Tank Bigsby, it feels like the team uses uh, Ned Bigsby's brother less recently. Not really start-worthy while Etienne's active. Now the Colts, this is tough, right? Last week, I tell you guys, hey, I would start Jonathan Taylor. But I'll tell you, be a little bit cautious. Be a little bit nervous because they're going to ramp him up, right? Now, Jonathan Taylor could have went out there. And, you know, the Titans run defense is amazing, but we saw what Zach Moss did to him. He clowned him. We could have seen um, Jonathan Taylor go crazy there, even on a few touches. 
Not an ideal start this week either. Not because of the matchup, but because they're going to keep ramping him up through using the just the tip technique. But I will tell you, if the flip switched in this game and Jonathan Taylor fucking hanged his nuts on the Jaguars with 200 rushing yards and two scores and Moss is a dud, would you really be that surprised? The answer should be no. So right now, gun to the head, I'm definitely more comfortable starting Zach Moss. Moss went nuclear in JT's return game, 190 all-purpose yards, two touchdowns, top three running back, out-snap Jonathan Taylor, 53 snaps to 10. Again, that's going to keep going up every single week for Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor's like a fringe start. I do, though, believe quite soon we're going to see Jonathan Taylor take over as the guy. But it's very evident Jonathan Taylor's not going to be, like, getting 95% of the touches or something because Zach Moss has earned a role in this offense. Next up, we got the New Orleans Saints at the Houston Texans. Alvin Kamara has had back-to-back -back weeks inside the top 10. Ever since he returned from his suspension, he has looked really good, which to me is shocking, if I'm being honest with you, because last year we saw a sluggish version of Alvin Kamara. We saw an Alvin Kamara that just didn't look like the guy that was winning you your fantasy leagues, right? The guy that scored a gazillion touchdowns on Christmas a couple years ago, right? That does, it seemed like Kamara was a shell of himself. And I worried because they had Jamal Williams. They draft Kendra Miller that, hey, maybe the Alvin, the belief on the Saints is that, sure, they've got Alvin Kamara, they're going to use him. But he's lost a bit of the luster, right? He's lost a bit of the pizzazz that he previously had. That has not been the case this year. Now, again, it's not like he's playing against these electrifying defenses, but the Texans are pretty good against the pass, not as hot against the run. You're definitely starting Alvin Kamara every single week. I will acknowledge when I'm wrong on a player, I was very wrong on Alvin Kamara. Now, maybe when Jamal Williams comes back potentially next week and he's stealing all the touchdowns, I'm like, ha, I was right, motherfucker. But right now, right now, I will wave the white flag and say, you know what? Nick was wrong. Andre Miller actually played quite well last week. I thought Kendra Miller was a good prospect. Coming out of college, kind of like a DeAndre Swift or Alvin Kamara light. He's got that kind of skill set. But due to the fact that they were blowing the back out of the Patriots, that's probably why he played so well, right? I think it was 34-0, to something like that. Patriots didn't score in the game. I know that. And it was 30-plus points for the Saints. In closer games, we're going to see less Kendra Miller, so he's definitely a sit. Damian Pierce, not the best matchup this week against the Saints. Has really stepped up his production, though, after the start of the season where it was just two straight duds. Only has one touchdown on the year, and if he could find pay dirt here, he might end up being a top 12 option. Safe bet to be top 24, but I don't think this is going to be his coming out party as like a top 10 back because the matchup is definitely tough. Devin Singletary saw one total opportunity last week, a target for zero yards, zero receptions. I've said it all season, this guy is not good, and I will continue to stand on that. Next up, we got the New England Patriots at the Las Vegas Raiders. Patriots. Patriots, the Patriots, the Patriots. Man, oh man. Man, oh man, does it feel good as a Patriots hair. Now, I know there's Patriots fans. I don't hate you as a Patriots fan. You can be a Patriots fan if you want, but it is so beautiful to see. Oh man, listening to the Boston radio shows, you see it on Twitter. I tweeted out last night. Follow me on Twitter. Make sure you check that out at NotoriousFNTSY. But man, this is so beautiful. All these fans calling for fire and Belichick saying that fucking Tom Brady carried him. It's so beautiful. The Patriots suck. I know. Ramondre Stevenson carried the fuck out of this team last year. He just, he, he, there's too much Zeke. There's too much Zeke and the offense is so bad that you can't do it. People are going to want to start Stevenson because 
Oh my god, he's playing against the Raiders. I, I know the Raiders looked pretty good uh, last night against the Packers and they won that game, but... Oh man, did you see A.J. Dillon who, who, who runs like he's stuck in some fucking porridge? Oh man, he, he even had a good game, Nick. And, and you hate A.J. Dillon. I'll give A.J. Dillon some credit. Look, he looked good. Don't fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Can't get fooled again, I think is what Bush said. Fool me three times. Fucking fuck the peace sign, load the chopper, and let it rain on you, as J. Cole would say. Fuck Ramondre Stevenson. Don't fall for the trap. The Patriots are a fucking disaster. They're a disaster, and I don't want to yell. I don't want to yell. I don't want to get all mad. And I'm not mad. I'm happy. Fuck the Patriots. But man, oh man, has Stevenson been very disappointing, and it sucks as a Stevenson guy. I am a Ramondre Stevenson guy. I thought Zeke wouldn't have much impact. I thought there's no way the Patriots could be worse than they were last year because of that stooge offensive coordinator. They bring in Bill O'Brien. Billy O'Brien. He's going to fix everything. Nope. Fiona Abdullah for the... Raiders is a sit. He's a pass-catching running back that doesn't really catch passes. So that's pretty obvious. You got to sat him. Sat him, sit him. And then Josh Jacobs. Now, I know Jacobs started off the season real slow. Slow dance. Everyone was panicking. Everyone was like, Nick, you told me to start, to, 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 to start Josh Jacobs. You told me to draft him. Oh, my God, he looks so bad. Well, what I told you guys was he was going to start the season off slow because he showed up to the team very late in the process. He signed his one-year contract very late. So did that. You know, you guys start off slow. We've seen it over the years. I know. Oh my god, the Patriots, the Patriots defense in the past has been really good. Well, the Patriots defense is in shambles. The Patriots defense is dead on arrival. Jacob should go to Poundtown here. He had almost 100 yards and a touchdown on Monday night football against the Packers, so expect a solid game again. Next up, we move to game numero 11, Arizona Cardinals at the LA Rams. Division rivalry game. Josh Dobbs, I know, bit of a disaster class against Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, but I still think Josh Dobbs is pretty good. Tyron Williams had a down performance last week against the Fly Eagles, Fly, but he's still the running back five on the season. So you better believe, up against a bottom-of-the-barrel defense like the Cardinals, Tyron Williams is coming back with vengeance. Ronnie Rivers, the guy with a porn star name, the backup for Kyron, is unstartable, barely sees the field. Now, the Cardinals are another one of these teams that is in a running back kind of hellhole right now. Now, again, it's not that I think these guys are bad. It's just a tough situation to look at on Tuesday. This will be much more clear as we get closer to the weekend. And Marty DiMarcado, the Italian Stallion, appears to be the leader running back on the team. Top 18 last week after Connor went down, has some solid burst, and looks a little... Now, Connor, good. Could miss time with a knee injury. Could is the key word. Back. Connor. Deontay Ingram. Been missing time with a neck injury that kind of flared up during week four or five game prep. It was one of the other things week four prep practice. What that tells you is that might be without Ingram and Connor, which will lead to Emari DiMarcado being a starter against the Rams defense. If Connor plays, you play Connor. If it's just Keontae Ingram and DeMarcado, I'm probably playing DeMarcado, but his value would be kind of submerged a little bit. So, this Arizona Cardinals situation again, don't put a bow on things, right? Oh, it's Tuesday. Nick knows exactly how this thing's going to play out, right? I don't have a fucking crystal ball. Gotta wait till later on in the week to really figure this one out. Next up, we move to the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Jumbo Jets in Gotham. 
MetLife. DeAndre Swift, four straight great games. Fine matchup against the Jets. Again, I know the Jets' defense is good. We saw Jaleel McLaughlin last week play well against him. I'm playing fucking DeAndre Swift. He's another one of these guys. You play If they're playing the 85 Bears, I'm playing them. So. Nick, you already made that joke once. I know. But it's true. He's a must-start running back. Brees Hall had a huge game last week against the Broncos. As the leash came off, right? They started redu- They're no longer reducing his workload. Over 170 rushing yards, three receptions for 17 yards and a touchdown. Round of applause for Brees Hall, but I'll tell you right now, this Eagles defense is not the Denver Broncos. They are not the Denver Broncos. Could Brees Hall have a great game again? 100%. But this is not the Broncos, so I'm going to subdue my expectations a little bit. Am I still starting Brees Hall? Yes, but am I expecting him to go fucking nuclear? No. And we saw Zach Wilson take a bit of a hit. A really easy matchup last week against the Broncos. And again, I know the Eagles haven't found form. Like, the Eagles still don't even look like the most complete team. Like, I know they're 5-0. and I'm not taking anything away from them. They just don't look as good as I thought they would. But again, not necessarily early on the season. It's 5, but there's still time to improve for them. Dalvin Cook, this guy sucks. I thought, I'm going to be honest with you, I thought Dalvin Cook had some value. I thought he was cooked. But I thought, you know what, he has some value right early on in the season. Rodgers is going to be there. There's going to be no Brees Hall. The Jets are going to be in these games where they're going to have to run. They're not going to use Brees Hall as much. They're going to use Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook's going to be good. Turns out once Rodgers fucking tore his Achilles, that was over. They couldn't run. Zach Wilson was bad. 2.7 yards per carry for Dalvin Cook. We don't really have to talk about it much more. You sent him. Kenneth Gainwell. Finally, it appears the Eagles have realized that it's DeAndre Swift's season. And it has locked the door. Hold the door like Hodor. On most of Gainwell's upside. Next up, we move to the final game before Sunday Night Football. And then we got Monday Night Football. The Detroit Lions at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. David Montgomery has been a top five running back in back-to-back Michael Jordan 96-97 weeks. Regardless of the availability of Jameer Gibbs, have to start Monty. In those back-to-back games, he has had over 100 yards and at least one touchdown. Again, remember against the Packers, the guy had like a gazillion touchdowns two weeks ago. Now, again, I get this isn't the best matchup, right? I get that the Buccaneers are not some dick cheese, terrible defense that Montgomery is just going to carve up with ease, right? This might be more of a slow, methodical game for Monty, but we know he's getting all the carries. We know he's going to score a touchdown, but you start him. Now, Jameer Gibbs plays. He's been dealing with an injury. It's a fringe start. It's a fringe start, right? You play him and you get, okay, he's going to get me 10 to 12 points. When you play him, you have to fully understand that the top 10 upside, dead. Until they start ramping up his production, it is dead in the water. Dead. Don't want to give him enough touches for him to actually do that. Craig Reynolds, if Gibbs does not play, Reynolds will be the RB2 on the team. And unless this is a blowout, like we saw last week against the Panthers, which I don't think will be the case up against the Bucs because the Bucs offense is just better than the Panthers, we won't see a crazy amount of Craig Reynolds. Rashad White is a fringe start-worthy guy every single week. He hasn't looking, looked that good. But given the amount of opportunities that he gets every single week to see touches, right? It's not like Sean Tucker is going to surpass him. I don't love the matchup against the Lions as that defense has like increased their power level every single week, right? The defense has looked better and better as the season's went along. I would still start Rashad White here, but his ceiling's probably like RB16 this week with... It being more likely that he's like the RB 26 through 32. Next up, we move to 
Cause you waited all day for Sunday night. The New York football giants and maybe Tyrod Taylor versus Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Man, oh man. Man, oh man. Is it crazy to say that Tyrod... I know I just paused for a second. Like, I just had a fucking aneurysm or something. But crazy to say that the Giants might be better with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, that, that might be a little bit crazy. But he did look better against the Dolphins than Daniel Jones did. Uh, James Cook had his worst game of the year last week. He had negative four rushing yards, three receptions on four targets for 25 yards. But I'm not panicking. Bounce back is inevitable when you get to play up against the garbage. Giants defense, this is going to be a rout, a massacre of sorts. Damian Harris, Latavius Murray, either one of those guys weekly could vulture a touchdown from James Cook at the goal line, but ultimately neither of them get enough carries for you to actually want to start him. Saquon, if he plays, missed three straight games. Dave Bull says his status is yet to be determined. They also said he is closer to coming back than Andrew Thomas, but that doesn't really mean much. He plays, I play him, but not with a lot of confidence. It's like, oh, well, I drafted Saquon in like the first or second round, so I got to play him. That's basically the thought process. Matt Breida, even if Barkley misses, I'm not playing him. Even up against a not-so-hot Buffalo Bills run defense. Gary Brightwell, that's a made-up guy. Next up, we move to the final game here. Monday Night Football, the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Chargers. How about them Cowboys, man? Last week, getting torched. By Big Cock Brock, Kyle Shanahan, and the San Francisco 49ers. This was a shellacking. This was a skunking. This was a beat down. This was like if I was to try to fight fucking Mike Tyson. The massacre. Bad. Dak Prescott, it was like Thanksgiving out there because he was creating all these fucking turnovers. Remember when Dak, at the beginning of the season, I'm not throwing 10, 10 interceptions this season, cocksuckers. Yeah, okay, pal. Back on that same bullshit again. Mike McCarthy, that fat fuck on the sideline, needs to be fired. Tony Pollard has had back-to-back down performances. Now, one game, they were winning by so much because the defense was so good that Pollard shit the bed. And last week, the team was so bad that they couldn't run. This week, he should be mighty fine against a far-from-ideal Chargers defense. No one panic about Tony Pollard, please. Rico Dowdle appears to be the running back, too, ahead of the short king, Deuce Vaughn. But we all know that we're not going to see much of them unless there is a blowout. Austin Eckler is expected to make his triumphant return from week this week in week six from that ankle injury. He is yet to play outside that week one game against my Dolphins, where was the RB2? He plays, you start the bald man, Mr. Clean, with zero. There's zero thought that needs to happen to your brain, right? Not to think at all. You just play him. Joshua Kelly, Kelly sucked every single week without Eckler, but Kelly was good when Eckler was in. So it wouldn't actually shock me if Kelly had a decent game here when Eckler softened up that Cowboys defense. Cowboys defense just got plowed by the Niners. Again, I don't think that's what's going to happen here. I don't think the Chargers are going to run train here on, on Cowboys, but you're still obviously starting Eckler. So thank you all so much for watching. If you did up enjoying today's video, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button down below. It helps me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want to check out my Patreon to get my weekly rankings, as well as an answer to any questions you guys may have, make sure you check out the Patreon link in the video description for $7.50 a month. If you haven't seen any of the videos that are on your screen right now, make sure you guys check them out. Yesterday we did the waivers, as well as defenses stream for the week later on today. Wide receiver, starter, sit decisions. I love you guys all so much. We're very close to 29,000 subscribers. So if you're new, hit that subscribe button. Love you guys all so much. Have a great one. And as always, good boy.